it's it's pretty simple it's these people are, are struggling horribly with their mental health and they don't have an outlet they don't have they don't have a way to see that there's a future for them i knew that there was a future for me and i saw that there was a future for me and that's because of my artistic outlet and that was I, I can't imagine what life would have been like if I didn't have that. And the people who find that outlet, uh, it, it, it helps. But there are people who don't have something like that. And so everything they know sucks. And everything that I knew sucked except for my arts. So there was, there was something that I loved, something that I enjoyed. And that, I think that makes the, the, a world of difference. gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons into lemonade. Because let's be real, we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping the cello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Samwise Holmes was relentlessly bullied throughout his schooling years. Living with Asperger's syndrome, he says he always felt different, and so he was an easy target. But it was his passion for drama and the arts that saved him, giving him purpose and a reason to keep going. A few years after finishing high school, he came up with a plan to try and prevent anyone experiencing what he did. Backflips Against Bullying was born, a school program combining acrobatics to engage students alongside practical anti-bullying tactics. Beginning in New South Wales, it's now expanding to schools across Queensland and Victoria, and hopefully very soon every state in Australia. This chat with Samwise was very special for me. It actually brings me to tears every time I think of some of the things he shared with me. He's a beacon of strength, resilience, and ultimately forgiveness, and he's saving lives. A trigger warning, we discuss suicide and bullying. I hope this conversation is shared with as many parents, teachers, and students as possible. Enjoy. Samwise, thank you so very much for being here. You are actually my first male guest, so I'm really excited that you're here. I hope you are. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. No problems at all. I've been researching you and looking into your story, and this is honestly one that I've been super excited for, so I can't wait for your little pearls of wisdom and nuggets that you're about to impart. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> I'll try not to disappoint. <laughs> now, Samwise, with all of my guests, I like to get a really good feel of what life was like for them growing up so if you wouldn't mind just telling me about your childhood yeah well uh, first thing is I grew up with uh, an awesome mom and occasional male role models in my life but for the most part uh, mom guided me through everything and growing up uh, was pretty straightforward I had two I had a brother and a sister two siblings uh, and then I had a, a stepbrother uh, who was a bit of a not a great influence on me, to be honest, but uh, that that made my my primary school uh, and start of my high school life a bit uh, interesting. I'd be getting into trouble a lot, but <laughs> I was really into things like gymnastics, uh, which I wasn't training officially. My stepbrother trained gymnastics, and he'd just come home and teach me some stuff. Uh, I I liked uh, drama, but I didn't get into that into uh, until high school. I didn't even know that I was uh, good at drama or acting or anything like that until uh, getting uh, into high school. I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of stuff in in primary school, and but in primary school I was I didn't really have any many friends. I was sort of by myself a, a lot of the time, and so one day we had these uh, speech tasks where I had to go up in front of the class and I had to present a speech to uh, to the class and uh, apparently it went really well because a couple of weeks later they were asking for which students in the class should join this 
gifted and talented drama program at the school and a bunch of the kids in the class put their hands up and said me which was crazy for someone who didn't have any friends and people didn't acknowledge that things were he was good at anything said oh sam should be in the gats program and that was pretty cool so i loved drama from that point on so that was that was a pretty big deal and so drama and music was a huge thing for me during high school and was really massive outlet for me and and was all up until now and ongoing. Well, that's what's interesting. That's something that you're still doing now and it's still such a part of your life, which we are going to get to. How early on were you diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome? I think I was around seven or eight uh, when we got that, uh, that diagnosis. I think we went to a doctor who diagnosed me with ADD to begin with. Uh, and uh, and my mum wanted a second opinion and then a third opinion. And those second and third opinions said, no, that's not right. And uh, they said, we think you've got uh, Asperger's. I think this was, this was fairly early on in the days of, this was in the 90s, you know, early on in the days of uh, diagnose, uh, diagnosing uh, Asperger's. Uh, and so they started me on some medication, which I took sort of for... Well, I was just told they were to help my behavior. And so that was what I did. I took a tablet every day and uh, to, yeah, it was, it was supposed to help, uh, help center me, help, help me stay in control. And did you think that worked? No, I didn't. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I was like, why, why do I have to take these? Why do I have to take these tablets? But I'm an eight year old. What do I know? Mm. And uh, so I ended up stopping taking them around year five or something. And I mean, if you look at the sort of trajectory of, of my behavioral um, problems, uh, it probably was fairly telling that uh uh, I, things started to go a little bit downhill around that point in time. Was that just being like me- messing up at school and being naughty and things like that? Yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't oh, a terrible, <laughs> a terrible kid. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to do my own thing. So it, was, it wasn't great for, uh, for teachers uh, in some parts of primary school, if I'm honest. And can you give us an insight in, for people who wouldn't know what life is like growing up with Asperger's? Well, everyone's different. So there was somebody in my class in year five and year six who also had Asperger's. And I was told that she had Asperger's, but she was very, very different um, to me in almost every way. Uh, She was a lot more sort of uh, hyperactive uh, and she uh, intellectually... uh, was vastly was vastly different to myself i i actually feel quite uh fortunate uh in where i ended up with my asperger's um uh and how it's affected me in primary school it would uh it was apparently it was a driving sort of uh cause behind my uh social struggles a big part of my social struggles i didn't know how to communicate properly with people and that was the biggest uh thing that it it affected in my life because it meant that i didn't have the capacity to make friends uh or i couldn't go into a group of people and just start talking to them or know what to what to say or how to do that or if i did i would say something completely just completely the wrong thing and uh either you know frustrate people or um, or just push them away. And so that's definitely the biggest um, negative that it had was it, um, yeah, it, it not only prevented me from making friends, but it kind of drove away people closest to me as well. How did you manage and deal with that? Were you receiving help at the same time? Like I can imagine that would be very li- lonely and isolating and difficult for someone that's trying to navigate their way through school. There was a there was actually a, a school counselor that came in occasionally. I think they had her in there, you know, once a month or something. But and I did see her, and I didn't really understand who she was at the time. Um, but to be honest, there wasn't much that I could do to to help myself. It was uh, a lot of the times I'd just be sort of shut in by myself uh, and trying to stay away from the people who were trying to be mean to me. And that was kind of uh, every day in primary school was uh, was trying to trying to either keep to myself um or yeah or, or get away from 
from uh, some of the meaner kids. When did the bullying start? The bullying started probably around year four, um, pretty heavily. I remember uh, instances in primary school where uh, I'd... I just have a, a lot of instances in classrooms where people would be making snide remark, uh, snide comments about me, or uh, we'd be we'd be sat next to each other in a seating plan, and they'd say, "Oh, I don't want to be sat next to Sam," um, and make a fuss about it. Things like that that just really put you down. It wasn't until high school that the sort of um, the more violent side of uh, bullying started taking place. Uh, yeah, and I think that in primary school it was just a lot more like little things just so slowly breaking you down and not having that sort of friends the support system behind you just makes that harder to deal with oh, i can't even imagine how difficult that must have been but it did, did it just feel like almost daily life for you that you just learned to navigate around that yeah it didn't it doesn't feel at the time like it's something odd because that's just your life. Your life is this and you go to school and you do the same thing every day and this is what happens to you. There's no, um, you know, you're not sort of sitting there feeling uh, feeling sorry for yourself. You just, you, you put up with what you put up with and you go home and you, uh, and you know, sometimes you'll, you'll go and you'll, I'll go to mum and I'd say, I'd tell her about the things that are happening and she'd be, she'd be in shock she'd go you'd go down to the school to the principal or you know and, and chat with them but uh yeah or on other occasions she'd be called into the school to the principal because i've acted up and uh the uh doctors would uh would say that a big reason why i'd act up so much was because of those mm. those problems i was i was getting i'd, I'd want attention uh because i didn't have any friends or people were being mean so I'd try extra hard to get people to like me or get people's attention and I'd do silly things that would get me in trouble in school and I'd end up in the principal's office yeah and how bad and you don't have to go into this if you don't feel comfortable how bad did the bullying get for you in high school uh it got um, particularly bad I had uh it got to the point where students I didn't even know were being physically aggressive to me so I had one situation where a boy had found out that my last period class was music and I was coming out of the music classrooms and he'd hidden in the toilets uh, which are just sort of near the near that classroom so as I walked past uh, he jumped out and grabbed me and pulled me in and he grabbed me by the head and I'm now out of the way of all other students and he started punching me I didn't know this kid's name I didn't know. He wasn't even in my year. He was a boy uh, with... All I know is he had he had red hair and freckles and uh, he was in the year above me. Uh, I didn't know his name and he would... Yeah, he just would grab me in a headlock and he punched me. Uh, and I... Yeah, and I had um, my head flushed in a toilet. Uh, and uh, so... That was the. That was definitely where it got to its worst. There were there were groups of boys in years in years above me. Um, some of the boys I knew, and they would they would shove me in the playground if they walked past me, or just be. They just enjoyed being dominant over me, um, and so their friends, who I may not even know, would do things like this, and uh, that was, um, I think, one of the worst occasions was being sort of pummeled. Um, yeah, by this boy who uh, who then was was uh, he he was um, expelled from the school for that incident. Oh, just I just promised myself I wouldn't get teary in this, but um, that is just just realise how cruel children can be. Did you were you are you able to now to look back and think that what was wrong in their lives to be? acting out like that I'm sure that would have been difficult at the time to do but now do you look back and think well what was going on for them to behave in such a disgusting way yeah now knowing what I know uh it definitely changes how you perceive those kids because you don't do something like that and you're not that kind of person without having suffered in your life already that boy probably needed help a lot more than I did and he 
wasn't receiving and a lot of bullies act out because uh, or they they need to uh, they need to dominate or they need to um, feel powerful over someone else because they feel powerless in other parts of their lives and you can have that hindsight now but at the time how do you navigate that did you receive help with the school was the school helpful at all no to be honest uh not really um i don't remember receiving any significant help from the school uh in any of those situations but then i also don't know what the school could really have done ultimately to uh to help there's not there's not a lot they could do i think one time i was put in a like a peer counseling thing with one of these one of these boys and it, to be honest it's it, it, that kind of thing doesn't seem to be very effective because they're trying to their 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 intentions are great they're trying to mend whatever rift is there but at the end of the day sometimes it's it's a lot deeper than that and they're not just people who don't like each other or had a had an argument or something most most bullies aren't don't have that deeper relationship with their their victim it's it's just the feeling of power and it's not it's not particular that victim uh bullying is ultimately selfish it's not about you it's about them what kind of impact did it have on your mental health through school i never uh, suffered significantly with uh depression or anything um like that uh which i feel really fortunate for i think i uh, did have some really good outlets in high school uh, whereas uh, my partner um, Cynthia had uh, similar bullying experiences, uh, but she uh, suffered t- horribly um, with uh, with depression and anxiety as a result. Uh, so I I had somewhere to go in high school. I found somewhere to go, and that was my drama and my music, and I had somewhere to express myself. And so, despite anything that was happening in class or out in the playground and no matter what people were saying about me there was somewhere where I felt good and that was the biggest difference between high school and primary school and I think that was the only reason I got through it. Did it make you fearful to go to school wondering what would be what would happen that day? It didn't make me fearful to go to school because it wasn't about school because it would happen anywhere these boys uh, came to on one. Uh, it was a Carols by Candlelight event at our at the beach, and uh, it was like a huge, you know, family event. They had you know school kids playing, you know, doing band concerts and stuff there, and uh, you know, a big uh, family event. And I remember myself and my uh, my stepbrother were, uh, for want of a better term, jumped by a group of boys. And this was the same group of boys that I was mentioning who were. Uh, we didn't know some of them. We had no idea what some of their names were. I remember uh, my stepbrother didn't even go to my school and they they attacked him. Uh, he was the kind of person to fight back, which is exactly what they wanted. And they they really hurt him. And um, and they so they, they attacked both of us. Um, yeah, so it wasn't about being afraid of school because it could happen anywhere. Your partner, you did mention, had experience bullying herself and I believe that's why she transferred and came to your school in your in, when you were in the final year and that's when you met. Did you strike up a friendship soon as she started and what did that support, having her as support, mean for you? Yeah, we hit it off right away. Uh, she she came uh, and uh, sort of joined on to the group that I would that I would sit with and uh, she was doing drama and, and stuff at the time so uh, yeah we hit it off right away um, I don't think we sort of realized how how our experiences matched together until much later on but uh, yeah there was an instant sort of click and uh, yeah I was in year 12 at the time she was in year 11 uh, and yeah um, it all started there, I guess. Yeah. Was it a relief for both of you? And I know you can only really speak to you, for you, but was it a relief to finally finish school? Yes. <laughs> uh, and no, but uh, yes, because uh, I felt I had more purpose outside of school. Uh, and I think she did as well. And so... I knew I knew what I wanted to do. I could get away from the get away from the clicks, get away from the um, the the groups and the 
the the social jail that is high school and join the real world spread my wings for want of a better phrase and uh and that's exactly what we both did we we got out of of that situation and started our lives bullying can be so damaging to somebody's health and you said that you were so thankful you had drama and music as that outlet can you imagine for other people who may have experienced or be experiencing what you did not having that outlet how difficult life would must be for them for those who are still alive yeah there is a huge problem with youth suicide for exactly that reason and it's it's pretty simple it's these people are are struggling horribly with their mental health and they don't have an outlet they don't have they don't have a way to see that there's a future for them i knew that there was a future for me and i saw that there was a future for me and that's because of of my artistic outlet and that was I, I can't imagine what life would have been like if I didn't have that. And the people who find that outlet, uh, it, it, it helps. But there are people who don't have something like that. And so everything they know sucks. And everything that I knew sucked except for my arts. So there was, there was something that I loved, something that I enjoyed. And that, I think that makes the, the, a world of difference. What can schools and parents be doing to for children or even at you know uh, teenagers that might be experiencing something like this? The biggest thing is to know what the signs are, and that's not an easy thing at all. But everybody can put more effort into identifying when children are suffering from this and jump in as early as possible and that shouldn't just be the responsibility of the schools and the parents because they're not necessarily going to see it the the people that you're around the most are the students we need to attack it from a social level because the students are the ones who are affecting each other's lives the teachers for the most part, are not bullying the students. The teachers are not the ones who are in every class with the students and at lunchtime. They're not dictating the mental health journey of the students, but the other students are. So if we can attack this issue from a social level and, and rather than assuming it's a responsibility of the, of the school staff and parents who may not even know what's going on, particularly with parents. I mean, consider that kids are spending so little time with parents compared to their peers at school. I mean, they're, they're home in the morning for an hour and and then they get get home at nine. The parents might finish work at 5.30, get home at six, you know, have dinner, go to bed. There's, there's not a lot of time that parents are spending with their kids in comparison to how much time they're spending at school. Mm-hmm. So the majority of their... Uh, their growth as people and what they experience in their lives happens at school and in that social realm. And is that, I guess, why it's so important for you and we are getting there to be empowering these students with the knowledge and, and also knowing if there, there's something that not, that's not quite sitting right within themselves, that they have to be taking responsibility for that rather than, I guess, taking it out on other people? Yeah, you've got to take responsibility for yourself uh, and for other people around you. I think we need to take more responsibility for others around us uh, than we do. And I was saying before that bullying is inherently selfish, is that it's to it's to make you feel good, not necessarily to make someone else um, feel bad. And they're sort of the they're they've been they're chosen as the uh, as the conduit for that. Uh, feeling good but uh, and there may be reasons why that person was chosen but ultimately the desire to uh, to feel powerful and therefore to harass somebody comes before the choice of who that person is Uh, so helping kids to 
take responsibility for others around them and understand what the consequences of that are. Understand that the the consequences of treating somebody in that way are significant. And you don't always see that as a, as a bully, as, as somebody who has also bullied people before there was, uh, there was one boy, uh, who, uh, I picked on in high school. Uh, and I, looking back, I, I think that the reason why, uh, I would pick on him was because I felt so powerless in my own life. And, it was it was mostly in the form of uh, talking like talking about him behind his back or saying you know just saying making jokes about this boy when he wasn't around, uh, but that could have seriously affected his uh, his uh, life. And identifying that now, I see how harmful that um, what I was doing could be. And if other people can identify that earlier. Because you hear all of these stories about bullies who are contacting their victims later on after school and saying, oh my God, what I did was so horrible to you. But the damage is done. Mm-hmm. And that is a great thing to, to acknowledge in yourself that you made mistakes in the past. But imagine if we could get students to identify that and have that same realization while they're in high school. That was, I was about to ask you that. It's like you read my mind. Have you heard from any of these people that you went to school with? I have, and I was asked this question a few months ago, actually, and the answer was no. But more recently, I've uh, had, uh, I've had people uh, contact me, uh, not who were the big, not not any of my biggest bullies, just um, just uh, people who identified that they'd uh, treated me differently, uh, and. Uh, or done something that they they recognized was a, had a severe impact on my mental health. So that was really interesting. I didn't. I have never had any of my any of the any of those big uh, bullies. Um, uh, yeah, come and, and say anything to me, uh, which would be. I, I can't imagine that would be a bit of an odd um, experience. I think, but from my perspective, I also recognize that they've grown as people, and they're not the same person that they were in primary school. I've, I see some of them on Facebook, you know, and I can see that they've got children and they've got, they've got partners and maybe even, you know, part uh, they they might be, you know, married to someone that I was friends with or, you know, these, you know, crazy sort of things, but they're different people now than they were back then. And I don't think that they perhaps think about it or, um, or they probably downplay it even and think it wasn't that bad, you know, to try and let themselves off the hook perhaps. And that can definitely happen. And it's definitely not for me to speak to how they mm. feel about it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the 10-year reunion at uh, school is going to be interesting. Mm, definitely. And how soon after finishing school did you think you wanted to help make sure other kids and teenagers didn't go through what you went through? Well, I, uh, after finishing school, uh, I started... Uh, expanding on you know doing the arts and everything and I uh, trained as a performer for a while and uh, in 2014 we started our, our first business to help um, give performers some work in some some of these acrobatic and stunt sort of uh, roles and uh, it wasn't until 2016 we did a we did a performance uh, an educational show uh, which was actually an anti uh anti-litter acrobatic show uh and it just got us thinking about what kind of educational good we could do with the power that we have and that power being uh absolute engagement you we do it we do a backflip in front of these kids and their their minds go mm-hmm. uh they go bonkers like they're it's uh the amount the the attention grabbing uh ability of stunts and acrobatics and parkour is huge and any teacher is going to attest to how parkour is such a huge fad in in both uh primary and, and high schools and so i might stop you just there because then i had to google what parkour was and then i felt very old so for people listening that might not know 
Parkour is is kind of like free movement. It started, it wasn't, you know, classes or anything. It was kids going out to the park and jumping over tables and rocks. And and uh, parkour was like a, a technique base of, um, of movement. So um, consider, you know, you've got a, a table and it's basically how do you, how can you jump over this table, which does sound a bit odd. <laughs> uh, but really, uh, it really what it is, is a set of... Uh, set of combinations and movement uh, structures uh, that kids can that anyone can use to uh, to make the world your playground mm-hmm. and to jump over obstacles and the, the the whole the core concept of parkour is to move from A to B as efficiently as possible. So imagine you're trying to get across this open. Uh, open plane but there is a bunch of obstacles there how do you do that effectively how can you jump over them and roll over them and and that's why you'll see you know kids doing this out on the street and that's why it was so popular because it meant that kids could go and practice you know um, jumping over um, fences and jumping off rooftops and doing uh, sort of crazy things but uh, it inspired a whole generation of of kids doing this new movement form that encouraged them to get out of the house to um, interact with each other to interact with their environment and to be active and physical so then how does how do the ideas of what you just explained parkour was and teaching children about the impact of bullying marry it's all about engagement all teaching is is content and engagement you can't teach without both of those things you can have great material but if no one's listening it doesn't matter and you can have terrible material um, that's delivered well but ultimately it's terrible material so (laughs) you but what's what's taught in schools the curriculum for uh for uh, harassment and bullying is there's nothing wrong with it but the problem is uh, engaging the kids in it and not having them fall asleep in the classroom. So by taking something that we have proven uh, engages kids uh, and teenagers very effectively and marrying that with, um, with great education as well, then we're able to create something that they're going to engage with and learn some really great um, content from. So that's ultimately what it is. We use it to engage them so that they learn because when you're when you're engaged you learn so we engage them with backflips and teach them about bullying so you have this idea how do you bring that idea to schools how well how did that process begin oh wow yeah so <laughs> uh we knew we we came up with the idea for backflips against bullying in 2018 uh and we we knew we wanted to get it out there so really it was just about calling the schools and saying hey do you want this and re- it was, and they'd say all right what is, what's what's it about and we'd tell them and they'd and they were on straight away they knew just from us describing what the program was that it was going to be effective because we said that we told them the uh, what it taught and then we told them how we were going to teach it and how we were going to engage their students and the schools that we contacted said absolutely yes um, bring it in uh, and that's how it started we kicked off in March last year in 2019 and we thought we'd get you know a couple of schools a week we brought on a you know we brought on our, our team to do the shows and they were booked out for the whole first month and that was that sort of blew our minds and uh and it was just a testament to how how great um the team were and how effective the program was because those schools all rebooked uh and they wanted they wanted our follow-up show which talks about cyberbullying and uh and resilience and and it's just gone from there and it's picked up and and just sort of yeah <laughs> gone flying how does it gone flying i liked that <laughs> How does it feel knowing something that you are dedicating your life to and your livelihood to is helping kids that helping the kids that you would have been once upon a time? Oh, it's 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 amazing to for one thing to start a, a business is is one thing and to start a business um, that can you know that you can uh, make your living doing and do what you love doing that's that's one that's one thing but to do something like this where you're making a real difference and you're making a real difference in a lot of kids' lives. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. There's, uh, it, there's definitely pressure to make sure that uh, we're giving them 
really valuable tools and practical tools uh, that they can use. Uh, but it's so it's so rewarding to be able to wake up and go, yes, I love my job, and this is what I do full time. But I get to we I get to do something that makes a real difference, and that's something really positive. Uh, I feel great doing that, and selfishly. <laughs> Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it definitely feels really good to be able to, to be able to give something back like that after, uh, what I experienced myself in high school. Do you think if something like this did exist back when you were in school, it would have made a difference to you? When we created the show, we actually thought, what would I want to say to myself as, um, when I was in high school or when I was in primary school, what do, what do, would I have liked to know back then that could have helped me in my situations? And I think that's why the show is so effective, uh, is because it's based on real experience and, and, and not, and not hypothetical. It's based on, uh, experiences that I had and that other, other people have actually had and looking at those situations and going, okay, what should I have done as opposed to what I did do and helping to break down, you know, the ideas on how you, how you should respond to a situation where somebody comes up and shoves you or, um, or calls you a name and gives you practical tools that you can use to, uh, to avoid those situations or to, uh, come out of those situations in a better position. And Samwise, what kind of ways do you engage them in during your program? So we use the parkour acrobatics, of course, and we create the, the bullying scenarios using the flips and the tricks to, to draw them in and then we'll freeze and we'll get their opinions on what's going on and we'll change some things based on their suggestions. Uh, but really what we're trying to give them is practical uh, advice and something that they can really use in the playground. Uh, if, you know, we say if somebody is verbally harassing you, uh, there are practical things you can use, um, uh, which we call resilience, uh, to completely stop that from happening. But we say it's, it's fair enough for somebody to say that, but we're going to show you. So we get up, we get up a volunteer from the audience. So if this is a high school, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get one of the, you know, the older drama students or someone who's confident up on stage to come up. And we do this game called the idiot game. And this was created by psychologists in the eighties and uh, the idiot game, basically, uh, we tell them, you're going to insult me, uh, This the volunteer. You're going to insult me. You're going to call me an idiot. And then you get to insult me in any other way that you like. You can make fun of my hair, my clothes, my shoes, my anything, whatever you like, and I'm going to stop you. And the first time they, you know, they... First of all, they call you an idiot and you, and the first time we get really upset. So every time they say something, we get more and more upset at what they're saying and they're, they're loving it. The crowd's laughing. They're just going, they're bigger and bigger and, and I'm just screaming by the end because I'm so upset at what they're saying. Then we freeze and we say, all right, uh, what went wrong? And obviously I didn't use resilience. So we say, we're going to do it one more time and this time I'm going to stop you. And we say, whatever you do, do not stop. Do not stop insulting me and we say all right let's do it go ahead and call me an idiot and they start off by calling you an idiot and i'll say something like oh yeah you, you think i'm an idiot and he'll say yeah you're an idiot i say yeah sometimes i do sometimes i do dumb things that's true uh but you're so smart how did you get to be so smart and the, the tools that we're using here is uh in with resilience we we say, first of all, be calm, which is don't get upset. And second of all, be kind. So uh, treat them like a friend. Because if you're treating someone like... It is really hard for somebody to be mean to you if you're treating them nicely. So when they then come back to me after I've said, you're so, how did you get to be so smart? That's a really tricky thing for them. Suddenly the energy drops. They don't have any of um, that... Uh, they're not getting like spurred animation. on. Mm, exactly. And so they'll, they'll try, you know, they'll come back and they'll say, oh, oh yeah, your, your shirt's stupid or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I can just say something like, you know what? It, uh, it doesn't matter what you think of me. I'm going to be happy whether or not you hate my guts. Uh, but I'd love to hear about how you got to be so popular. How, how come people like you so much? Or, you know, ask, ask them a question or, 
and they'll start talking about themselves. Uh, someone make fun of my shoes, and I so I and they said my shoes were from Kmart or something. And I just said, um, "Oh, what are you wearing?" And they said, "Oh, I'm wearing Adidas." I said, "Oh, I've never tried Adidas. I usually have Nike. Have you ever had Nike shoes?" And he started talking about the Nike shoes he um, he used to have, and um, we had a discussion about shoes. And with another person, we had a discussion about football. And at some point, I just look at the audience and go, "Do you understand? Do you see that?" nobody is harassing anybody right now we've told him or her to whatever you do do not stop harassing us and by being by treating them like a friend they just it they cannot do they they can't keep it it completely dismantles everything we tell students to think about it as a game of winning and losing and to win all you have to do is not get upset and treat them like a friend uh, and it works and we've never done a situation with a kid a teenager a, an adult where we've done this with this example this uncontrolled example where in theory things could go horribly wrong for us things you know and they could but we've never there has never been a situation where this doesn't work. And by showing them this practical, these practical tools right in front of them, uh, exactly what to do, not just a hypothetical, showing them exactly how it works, I believe that that's much more powerful for the students. And, uh, and I think that's why our message is getting across so, so well. And have you had any feedback from the schools about the kind of impact this is having having on the kids? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, on the day to day, we get told that this is the best program they've ever had. But then that's kind of superficial because we've kind of got an upside because we come in and do backflips. So <laughs> the, the teachers love it as well. But we uh, have schools who come back to us months later and, and rebook for um, their show, uh, this follow-up show, uh, because of uh, the impact that they have seen visually in the playground where students are adopting the techniques that we've told them and actively uh, not just avoiding incidents but helping in instances where they see somebody else being picked on. Uh, We've now done a a few quite a few schools for the second time uh, and the teachers are, are always telling us at those schools what impact the first show had and that's just really warming to the heart absolutely and it is in new south wales at the moment which is where you're from and um if you wouldn't mind telling me how many schools you've reached here in new south wales and (laughs) you're giving me a face then how many schools you ballpark you know that you've been at or your team has been at and what are the plans moving forward there are plans to expand is that right yeah so i believe we've done 150 schools in new south wales uh so far uh so that's um that is far greater than we hoped for uh, and so we're, we're really really stoked about that and we yeah we are now going to be expanding to uh to victoria in term two this year and then uh, Queensland in term four this year. So we're going to have uh, a, a performance team. So the three acrobatic performers um, who go around to and, and perform the backflips against bullying show will have uh, one team in New South Wales, one in Victoria and one in Queensland. Uh, and then during during the February and March periods of the year, uh, we actually have three teams uh, for each location. So in New South Wales, we'll actually have three teams operating just in February, March, because we've got the National Day of Action Against Bullying, and we've got the uh, and we've got Harmony Day as well there. So uh, that's a really popular time for for schools to to um, present this message. So we will have three yeah three teams running around to schools every day uh, presenting the backflips against bullying program to primary and high schools across New South Wales and then look out Victoria and Queensland for later on. And what is the end goal for you? I know there's not an end, but where do you hopefully see this going? This is going to be all around Australia in two years. It's going to be in every state. We're going to be in every school that wants us in, in the country. Uh, and after that, it's uh, it, it can go anywhere. Uh, we... Uh, we envision past there uh, expanding outside of uh, Australia's borders and uh, yeah begin um, begin uh, impacting uh, students across the globe because bullying is a universal issue uh, it's almost the universal issue I don't think there's many other um, singular problems that every single school faces across the world is these bullying 
and harassment uh, dilemmas. And so uh, uh, programs like Backflips Against Bullying are designed to help make the students' lives better and to help ultimately save lives because youth suicide is such a, a horrible an issue, but it's prominent everywhere around the world. And it's, uh, it's something that we can all do something about. And so we're going to get in there. We're going to attack this from a social level and we're going to help, we're going to help save the lives of some of these students. Well, how does it feel knowing after and reflecting on what you've been through, knowing that you are playing in a role in possibly saving people's lives? It's the best. I can't, yeah, uh, that is what will make it all worthwhile to us is the, is, yeah, even if we were to save one student's lives by life by doing this for 10 years, that would be worth it. But the capacity and the reach that this program has, we believe that we can save a lot more than that. How do you think your experience has changed and shaped you as a person now to make you who you are? I think that there's been a lot of positives and negatives. I, I wouldn't go back and change anything uh, I, because I believe that you learn from your experiences. And I think by learning from my experiences, this has all uh, been able to happen. So uh, being able to, to suffer and then come through and, and come back and help to uh, help to relieve the suffering of others is uh, that's really rewarding for, for me personally. Uh, and by going through something bad, uh, it can make you stronger but it can also make you a lot weaker. And I think I'm really fortunate to have been in a place with my mental health that I was able to come out stronger, but not everybody is able to make lemons, make lemonade lemonade out of lemons. So we, not everybody is able to make lemonade out of the lemons they're given but I feel really fortunate that I've been able to and I want to help make sure that other students don't need to. Does the treatment you received at school impact you at all to this day? Yes, it shapes who you are as a person. It shaped who I am today and it, because of what I went through is it, it is has made me who I am today. Um, there's no denying that, but, uh, yeah, I think that ultimately, uh, I think, I think I've come out stronger in the end. Would and closure is a funny old word that doesn't mean too much, but it's the best word I can think of right now. Would a sorry or an apology or acknowledgement from any of these people help you? And I am asking because I'm sure there might be people listening who would really hang on that kind of advice of what you're saying no i don't need an apology from from anybody uh i i don't need that for me and uh i don't uh some people may may need that for them but ultimately it's acknowledgement i would want acknowledgement and not an apology and i don't need to hear it as well nobody needs to come to me and tell me that they understand that what they did affected me uh but acknowledgement from those who did affect me to go yeah you know what I remember what I did and that probably uh, had a, a negative impact on him at the time. And anybody who's ever picked on or, or harassed somebody in their life, even if you may not have realized at the time that you were doing it, it might have been a friend that you were calling a, a funny nickname or, or, or something uh, like that. And you may not have realized that you were picked on someone. Acknowledge your mistakes and... Acknowledging your mistakes and having the desire to be better is all that you can ask for for somebody who's wronged in the past. You can't change what happened in the past, but you can change what you do in the future. What does the word forgiveness mean for you moving forward? I forgive everyone who's done anything bad to me uh, in the past. Um, And I hope that they can acknowledge that forgiveness and acknowledge what that means and acknowledge that 
acknowledge what they've what um, their that their actions have impact, and help to help to impress that on their kids and and yeah help to make the next generation stronger and um, and less hurtful to each other. What does um, what would your advice be to people who might be listening and going through any kind of tough time? What would you be telling them? First thing is you have to talk to someone. You have to talk to someone. If you're if you're suffering and you don't talk to somebody, then it's going to bottle up inside and it'll destroy you, and it will. So you've got to talk to someone. That is the the most in, integral thing, uh, and it doesn't need to be a counselor. It can be a parent or a friend or an older sister or a brother or someone you like or a, a teacher that you like at school or it doesn't matter who you speak to about it just tell them about it and anybody else if somebody tells you that they're suffering really really listen really pay attention because you won't you won't know it at the time but that could be the biggest cry for help and we need to we need to identify those much earlier if we're going to help save people's lives and my final question that i love to ask all my guests because this is where i always feel like i get these little nuggets of wisdom that people get so much out of what would the sam now sitting in front of me with this incredible future that is literally changing and saving lives tell the sam in his darkest days at school when things just probably felt really too hard just keep going uh, because it does get better. It gets better and that's it. It just, it gets better. I love that. That is such a beautiful way to th- finish. Thank you so much, Sam Wise. That was an incredible, incredible chat. And I'm really, I feel really honored and blessed that you were sat there and shared that with me so vulnerable, with so much vulnerability. Thank you so much for having me. It's actually been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And I can't wait to, my son is three and a half and he'll be, so he'll be in school in a few years. And I've no doubt that give it in five or 10 years, oh, he will be coming home and telling me about backflips against bullying. So oh, it makes me teary thinking about it, to be honest. So, oh, gosh, maybe you should speak. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds good. Well, we can, uh, we can, we can all do a roundtable after that. <laughs> sounds good. Thank you so much, Sam Lines. We'll chat soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my chat with Sam Wise. When we recorded two months ago, few people knew what coronavirus was, let alone the impact it would have. Sadly, with schools closing, backflips against bullying has been hit hard, with all their shows being cancelled for the foreseeable future. It's heartbreaking. But you can show your support by hitting like on the Backflips Against Bullying Facebook page and sharing his incredible program and message with the teachers, principals and school-aged children you know so that hopefully when schools reopen, and they will, the incredible team can resume performing and sharing their vital anti-bullying message. As always, you can get in contact with me at Elizabeth O'Neill. If you can share this chat on your social media platforms and tag me, I'd be so grateful. Also, if you've got a second to leave a review, hit five stars and subscribe. It'll help other people find Lemonade who perhaps really need it. Stay safe, everyone, and I'll be back with you on Thursday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.